morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Viv. And I'm Dylan, and you're listening to Treadmill Talk. In Treadmill Talk, we'll sit down with industry experts in the world of health and fitness, some good banter and yarns along the way. We're all about nutrition, training and lifestyle. Powered by Flex Fitness. Hey guys, welcome back to Tremel Talk. Today we are lucky enough to speak to Lydia O'Donnell. She's a elite marathon runner and also a long distance running coach. Lydia not only has also worked as a Nike club trainer in the past, and not to mention she is a running influencer. Lydia is also a co-founder of a non-profit organization called One Step. One Step is designed to raise awareness about depression and anxiety and also mental health in general. You will hear more about this throughout the podcast and she'll go into depth about her running journey as well. Let's go. The following is recorded on site at Lydia's house. Lydia, so you're obviously a runner. When did you start or do you want to tell us your yeah, I think it. running's like come naturally to me ever since I was little. So yeah. I actually started athletics when I was like seven, mm. just going down to the track and yeah. like doing throwing and jumping and running. And mm. that was just fun, like a really nice way to kind of get introduced to running. And then when I went into high school, I got picked up by this amazing coach down in Tauranga who um, spent... Shout out to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I spent five years with her um, and she really taught me to love running rather mm. than trying to be the best athlete in the world. So um, that was really important because I think going through your teenage years, um, being a, a competitive person, you want to be the best. Um, but she really pulled me back down to earth and said, you know, you've got to wait till you're a bit older, save yourself. Um, there's a lot to come if you do yeah. hold yourself back. Yeah. And so she never pushed me to be winning nationals or anything like that. Um, and I'm so thankful to her because I think if she did do that when I was younger, I probably wouldn't be running now. Right. So I went through high school just like with a really amazing group of girls around me. We had a great team. Like we won nationals as a squad, but we never won individually. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped, um, when I came out of high school, I actually took, I went over to the States for about six weeks. I was meant to be on a four-year scholarship in Texas. And um, it's very common in New Zealand for athletes to go to America on these scholarships. And I got over there and um, it wasn't really the position or place that I wanted to be in when I was 17. Like I was pretty young. I'd just moved out of home. So I decided to come back to New Zealand and I actually took about a year off running, which... um, I think I was just being your typical teenager and I yeah. kind of just went out and partied and drank a lot yeah. and did that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then blow, um, out. blow up, one year blow out. <laughs> and then um, when I got to about yeah, 18, I decided, um, well, I actually realized how much I missed running and how much I missed that kind of purpose and that drive in my life. So um, I decided to get back in touch with my coach and she got me back running it took probably like a good six to 12 months to actually get into the swing of things again because I was so unfit. Sure. I remember going to the track with her and she like (laughs) was laughing at me. I was so unfit. It was so bad, but it was, I look back now and I'm like, I'm so glad I went through that and had to push myself to get fit again because when I'm coaching, I know what these people are going through. Mm. It's not like I've been fit my whole life. Like I know what it feels like to come back from having time off and come back from injuries and stuff like that. So um, once I started training seriously, I was about mm. 20 years old. Um, and it takes about eight years to peak as a runner. So it takes a long time to actually build up that endurance to be really good. So um, 
it's been about eight years. Eight years. Wow. So I'm coming into it coming now. Into hopefully. The prime. Nice. Yeah. She's a butterfly now. Yeah. <laughs> In your prime. And so yeah, so since then you're now so you're professional runner now well I, I wouldn't really say professional it's really hard yep. to become a professional runner like a, it's not many of them call, in New Zealand yeah, what would you um, call, but um, I have made South. yeah I've, had, I've made running my career yeah like yeah. my job is to be a running coach and yeah. to teach people to fall in love with running and so awesome. in, in one aspect I guess you could call me a professional runner yes. but I don't get paid to run yeah, there's, sure. there's definitely prize money out there, but yeah. I represent like an athletics club, okay. um, North Shore Bays, which um, we only represent them probably like a couple of times a year, to be honest. And then from that, you move up to represent Auckland and it depends on what you qualify for. Okay. Um, but as a marathon runner, when you go to the major marathons, you're purely running for yourself. They yeah. don't mm-hmm. send New Zealand athletes to the marathons unless it's the Olympics or Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm just trying to hit those majors and run really good races at the major marathons. There's seven of them. So New York was my first one. So yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want to tell us about that? Yeah, that's How, amazing. I would love to hear like the whole prep or even just the day. Like, yeah. It, it would have been such an experience. <laughs> it was crazy. Like yeah. one of the craziest races I've done. Um, the prep was big. Like I did about a 16 week build up for the marathon. So, um, I mean, I like to say it's taken me eight years to get to this point, but, um, to focus on that race, it was about 16 weeks. And then within that 16 weeks, I had kind of check-in points along the way. So there was like a 10 K national race that I did, um, what was that? Maybe about 12 weeks out from the race. And then I did a half marathon, maybe about six weeks out from the marathon. So it's really good to have those like little check-in points along the way, because when you look at your 16 week training journey, there's so much running there. It's quite overwhelming. Yeah. So for me, I, I need to break it down. And when I have those little check-in points along the way, it really helps to motivate me and keep me going throughout the journey. Mm. Um, so yeah, the 16 wow. weeks was massive, massive. I think like, so my biggest weeks were 160 k's a week. 160 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> There's amazing. That is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seems like a lot to most people, but there's girls around the world running 200 k's a week. Oh, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, Pretty how do crazy. you fit that in? Like, um, <laughs> like, are you doing like a two-hour run in the morning and then a yes. couple hours in the What's evening the and yeah. then you're working throughout the day? I mean, if you break it down, it averages about 22, maybe three k's a day. But wow. some days you'll be running 40Ks and then other days you might be running 10 or 15Ks. Yeah. So it does even out the week, through the week, and you have hard days and easy days. Um, but I'm just so lucky that I can do that training. Mm. I, I used to work a full-time job and on top of that I'd try and coach and train myself as wow. well. Wow. And that was a point where I got to a point where I was so fatigued and stressed out and um, it just became way too much and that's why I quit my full-time job and mm. concentrated on running and I think that was just over a year ago now so now knowing that I've been through that and I've actually got the time now to go out there and train properly mm. it's really helped yeah, me sure. like prioritize what I want to do like sleep and rest when I need to sleep and rest yeah. and eat when I need to eat and do you think you would have been able to do the New York marathon had you not made that decision a year ago to kind of give yourself a bit more time towards uh, it I think I would have been able to do it, but probably not to the standard that I did run or wanted to run. Um, I probably would have shuffled my way through it and um, probably got injured. Yeah, right. sick. Yeah. So and last year when I was working and trying to run for a train for a marathon, 
um, the first time I got sick, I got appendicitis. And I don't know if there's a link between stress and appendicitis, yeah. but I think there was. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, how? I'm like, yeah. So that was like three weeks before the marathon. So that oh, was heck. really frustrating. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, New York Marathon. Like, what? Yeah, it's really hard on? to get tickets. Yeah. So not everyone can get a ticket to the race. I think if everyone got a ticket, you'd everyone probably be to. like, you know, t- maybe half a million. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have to go into like a ballot system. This is for your, your normal runner. Mm. They have to go into a ballot system and then each um, time period. So if you were going to run like a three-hour marathon, they would have like a thousand entries for the three-hour marathon. Okay. And then they'd pick the people to go into that spot. Right. Um, as an elite, or I was sub-elite for New York, we we get tickets through that. Yeah. Um, but I actually got a ticket through Movember, which is amazing. Because that's what Art was saying to yeah. us. He's like, oh, I'm running for Movember. I was like, oh, lucky. Because, yeah, I heard that you can't actually just, like, it's so hard. roll on up and yeah. enter. So I actually got across the finish line, and I was, like, in so much pain and, like, quite <laughs> emotional. And this lady came up to me, and she was like, oh, I'm from New Zealand. I follow you. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, my gosh. Like, already, I was, like, getting shiny eyes. And she's like... I tried to get a ticket to the marathon, but I couldn't, so I just came here to volunteer. And I was oh, like, I actually love you. Yeah, like, this is, is so amazing. Cool. Yeah, so that, like, oh, really got really me in the feels. Your heart at yeah. end, like, just see, just for Kiwi. Just a Kiwi. Like, yeah. She's yeah. just here. And she was so nice. And, oh, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And so, um, your races, what has been, like, the, the I guess, your favourite one by far now? Um Two. Yeah, okay, like, definitely two. New York Marathon. Yeah. Like, once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Um, and just the amount of people who came out to support. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. The whole city is out there. So running down the streets of Brooklyn. Full. Full. Like DJs and bands <laughs> and music and cheerleaders and everything. So, so loud cool. you couldn't even hear yourself breathe. And what time is this? Is it early in the morning? Uh, we started run? at night, um, about nine, just after 10 oh, o'clock. Okay, yeah. So not too early. Yeah. But yeah, everyone was out there cheering, That's which is so like the energy. And the hardest part of it is trying to make yourself run slow because you get so carried away by all the people. Yeah, that the every, vibe. A eh? lot of people end up running so Lift fast in the first half <laughs> because you're like, yeah, you're like, like cheering. this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I feel so good. And you get to halfway and you're like, hit the hit wall. The wall. <laughs> How am I going to get yeah. myself going for the next half? And then the last 10 k when everyone's cheering, you're just like, shut up. You're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly there. I've got yeah. to gosh, stop. Yeah. And so um, that's your one. And that's then your one. S- and then the other one is a race that I did this year um, called the Speed Project. So okay. it's a relay, an ultra relay, which is 550Ks. And we ran from LA to Las Vegas. Wow. So wow. you run through Death Valley. I'm not sure if you've been through there, yeah, but it's either. it's pretty scary. It's just sand, dirt, and sun. Yeah. So oh. you run at some of the like dodgiest places in America. Wow. So there's one town we ran through, and it's like the meth capital of America. Really? And the organizers before the race were just like, do not stop in this place. Like, it's so dangerous. Wow. And so, you had to run through that. Well, I didn't. Well, you didn't have to. <laughs> but um, so I was on a team with five boys and two girls. And um, the, the other girl was a Kiwi girl. And then the rest of them were from Australia and Canada. So we're right. like a um, multicultural team, which was quite awesome. cool. Awesome. Diversity. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we you br- can break it up however you want. Like, the coolest part about this race is there's no rules. Um, they haven't got, like, permission from um, councils or anything for us to oh, do wow. this. So it's crazy that this year we had 40 teams enter from all around the world. And you each have like an RV and you have your RV driving next to you while you're running on the highway in America yeah. and your team's there cheering you. And so you constantly have someone on the road. Yep. Um, and so we got fifth this year, which was amazing. So, so um, cool. we were just trying to, I think we were trying to break the record, which I can't remember what it was when we were trying to do it. 
but we had a really good team. Yeah. Like, like they, the only rules they have is if you break the record, it's got to be in a team of four boys and two girls or oh, okay. all girls. Yeah. So we already had one too many. But it was, like, so tough having, even having seven people in it. Yeah. So, I mean, as a runner, when you're running, it's mostly for yourself. You know, like, yeah. all the training you do is by yourself. When you're racing, it's all about you. So going into that environment when you're in a team... And although this race, like, it didn't mean anything. It wasn't the Olympics. You weren't going to win money. You didn't even get a prize. Like, it was just I a... think our medals were, like, little pokey chips. <laughs> like, From Las Vegas, yeah. So, like, it didn't mean a thing to anybody. Right. But, like, it was just your ego and, the, like, the pride of getting yeah. there. Yeah. So getting to that. When we got to Vegas, it finished at the Welcome to Vegas side. Oh, and that awesome. was, like, the most satisfying feeling I've ever felt. Because we started off the whole race. You start at the Santa Monica Pier. Yep. Um, and we started off by doing 10k lots and so they first they put me out the front because they were like oh we're going to have this chick and she's going to beat all the guys and all all this pressure all the pressure on you and you're like okay, and I was guys. like oh my gosh so we started and I like went for it and I think I ended up coming in third and ran like almost a 10k PB oh and I was like my what have gosh, I done what a- <laughs> I've got like another like 80k's to go <laughs> So and you're like, after okay. that, we, we did two 10K legs, and then I think we broke it to, like, 5K legs. And then through the night, you go into the desert where there's no car, so you're running in the desert by yourself, and That's there's no scary. track. It's very oh, scary. Wow, yeah, so okay. I was getting, like, snakes and coyotes yeah. and, yeah. Like, all the animals, not the people. I was like, yeah, run away from any people. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so the, ten, the night legs were a lot longer. Well, not a lot longer, but, like, 12, 15 Ks. And then the next day, we would breaking it down to like 2k legs and then probably the last i'd say 60ks we were doing 1ks wow Wow. so you're just getting out and smash a k swatch over smash a k so we were all very close in the last bit okay cool so like for for someone who doesn't know much about running what's the difference between a normal marathon by way of distance and time and an ultra (laughs) something like that yeah Yeah. so a normal marathon is 42.2ks um the world record is two hours and one minute two hours and one one minute Which is crazy. It is crazy. He's, so he ran. He was running like um, two fifty ones per k. Two fifty one. Something like that for forty two k's. It takes me like average six minutes thirty or, uh, more, or more. It's I know. <laughs> it's insane. Go. They they set up like a um, treadmill at one of the big expos oh, and wow. had it going at his pace to see who could like run Keep his up. pace. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, people yeah. could only do like ten seconds. Oh, it's really? crazy. Yeah. Insane. It's like my sprint pace, but holding that for 42 k's. For a marathon. Yeah. So that's a marathon. Okay. And what's <laughs> so the, that's oh. the world record for the boy. The girls, I think it's like two hours 18 or something. It's extremely so fast for 42 k's. Which is still very fast. Um, and then an ultra is anything above 42 k's. So they have 50 k's, which are ultras, 60 k's. Some, yeah. some, I think the furthest I've heard is 100 miles, which is 160 k's. Crazy. Yeah, so some of these people go out and they'll be yeah. running for days and days. Yeah. And so your Vegas, your Santa Monica Pier to Vegas, um, what was the, the the time period that you guys were wanting to do it within? So we, I think we wanted to go under 30, oh, 40 hours and we did 39. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it was really good. I think yeah. we averaged like four tens or something for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing 93 Ks of it. Wow. Yeah, so 
I'm actually doing it again next year, but in an all-girls team. Oh, oh well, going for the record. Yeah, yeah go, yes, go for a new goal. <laughs> we're going for the female record. What's the and female record? And we've got some very fast girls. Really? And the female record's like 44 hours, so okay. we should smash You it. can do it. Yeah. Easy. Um, I've always wanted to know, like, long-distance running, you know, like, do you... What if you need to go bathroom or, like, you spasm? I don't know, like... What do you do? The bathroom thing is definitely the most stressful yeah, situation. Yeah, that is stressful. I'm like, <laughs> That's you're a girl. my nightmare. Wh- what do you do? Like, yeah. So <laughs> you've probably heard some of the, some I've of the heard, crisis. I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard I've stories. seen it before and it's not pretty. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you just have to be very organized and structured. Okay. Yeah. So make sure you go to the toilet before you race. Yeah, many times before the race. Okay. They do have portaloos along the way along most of the marathons yeah. you can stop and go, go bathroom, but yeah. obviously you don't want to waste time yeah, yeah. if you're competitive you want yeah. to yeah I wouldn't think um, I know Shalane Flanagan she's the American marathon runner she stopped in Boston so like it does happen it happens you know? okay thank god it hasn't happened to me yet touch wood <laughs> yeah touch wood fingers crossed yeah because yeah. I was like I just don't understand yeah like what if you needed to go and you just gotta go yeah but that's marathon running. And yeah. like, I think that's what I love about not obviously going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love marathon running and it's such a challenge. You know, yes. like jumping on the track and running a race on track or doing a 10K run. Like it's still amazing and a huge accomplishment mm. for a lot of people. But I love that the marathon really, really pushes you to your limit. Yeah. Like, and it's not just the running. Like there's so many like technicalities that could go wrong as well. Yeah. And like the nutrition and the fuel and taking on water, mm. like there's so much to it. Yeah. So um, you could be the best runner in the world, but if you can't take on gels and water, you're not going to make it through a marathon. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's really Cause cool. You, yeah, because normally do you, have, you wear like a pack if you need um, like a No, little, like ultras you, just, you wear packs. Yes. Yeah, but the... um, we're lucky in the marathon that we're going to have water stations along the along way. Along the way. Yeah, and um, even for elites, you have your own bottle with your own, if you want to drink like Powerade or whatever right. you take on, like people can have their own. Um, yeah, so we're lucky. That is lucky. But when I'm out yeah. training, I always have to plan my runs around water stations. Yeah, yeah. Where, where can yeah. I go? Earlier, earlier on, um, Lydia, you, you mentioned, um, you know, when you're running and you hit the wall. For people that have never hit the wall, what how would you like? describe hitting the wall? Oh. That's happened to me twice now in two marathons. My first time it happened was when I was running a marathon in Japan um, in a place called Nagoya. And it was very similar to New York in that it was really flat, well, not flat, but really hard concrete roads. Um, It was kind of cold and um, I just wasn't, I think I wasn't taking on enough fuel or water. And at about, it hits about 30 k's in. And they always say the marathon race really starts at 30k's for the the first 30k you want to feel pretty comfortable and just kind of be cruising along and then at 30k's that's when it all hits so you're either going to go for it and feel good and do really well or you're going to yeah struggle the last so I remember at 30k being like all right 10k's to go like I'm in a lot of pain my hips and my knees and my calves everything was burning yeah and I remember thinking like well what did you expect Lydia like <laughs> it's gonna hurt but they just everyone's in pain keep yeah. going and then so I, I kind of had that mentality for about five more k's <laughs> and then at about 35 k's I was like I actually don't know if I'm gonna finish yeah. and 
I was running up Fifth Avenue, which everyone had warned me about, but I was just kind of like, it'll be fine. It was like a hill, like a climb for like a mile. It's steady. (laughs) So steady. And I just remember thinking, if I see Shane in the crowd, my boyfriend, I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to stop and go talk to him and I won't start again. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, please, where is he? Like looking out for it. But now I'm like so glad I didn't see him. (laughs) (laughs) Because you would have been like, I can see you guys. And so, like, the, the mental struggle, and I, again, why I love marathons, like, it mm. really pushes you to see what you are capable of, because I didn't think I'd even be able to finish, and yeah. I was just kind of crawling up the Ave, and I saw a guy, and he started walking in front of me, oh. so I ran up to him and, like, tapped him on the back, and I was like, come on, don't walk. Now I can't walk. So it's you go you go to a pretty dark place. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, like I, I don't have a religion and I'm I am not like um yeah, religious as such, but I was definitely praying to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're like help me. Save me. <laughs> help me. Like push me further. Yeah. Um so like that I even remember the eight hundred meter mark. It's quite a like a significant point in the race. And you turn into Central um Park and I was like 800 meters, like that's so far, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, really it's not. not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it felt so far at the point. Crazy. But yeah, it's it's pretty dark, but it's also um, going through that. I think it's. Yeah. I always think about like females who had children when they're quite young. They always come back as really strong athletes because they've pushed through that pain barrier. Mm. Yeah. So when I go through that pain in a marathon, I'm like, this is just going to make me stronger. <laughs> like it's going to make me like <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah, be able yeah, yeah. to push through that pain yeah. in the future. So. It's not a nice place to go to as an athlete, but I think it definitely helped. I think, like, because I was running, obviously, for Movember, Mm. and I had so many people support me through Movember that were donating, and I think running through those hard points in the race, I did think about that, and, like, you think about all the people that have got you to that point, like, running is an individual sport, but you have such a big team around you, Mm. so you have to kind of think about running for them more so, and... Like marathons have um, apps that most of them that you can track your athletes on, and I also knew so many people were watching me on the app, right? Especially like my mom and dad and stuff were back here watching. So I'm just thinking I can't let them down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be seeing my splits just like dropping. Yeah. And so what what else have you got for this year? Like. Um, running wise I'm kind of just working through that now with my coach because okay. I actually ended up doing Queenstown Marathon like oh. two weeks after New York oh my which gosh. he was so angry about <laughs> and it wasn't like the smartest decision if I was the coach of an athlete wanting to do that yeah. I would have been in the same position as him and I would have said bad idea don't do it but as an athlete it was something that my heart was just like drawn towards I right. think I hadn't run a marathon in New Zealand before and when you build up to a marathon, it's so much time and focus into one race. Mm-hmm. When the race is over, there's a thing called the running blues where you get like oh. sad because it's like done and you done, don't really yeah. feel a bit lost. You don't really know what your purpose is. Put yes. 16 weeks into it. Yeah. So I, so I finished the New York and the week after New York, couldn't even walk. So I definitely wasn't thinking about running another marathon. Actually, in the race, I was like, never again. Like, no. never again. <laughs> and then the, when I got back to New Zealand, I was like, um, messaging a lot of my athletes and they were all running Queenstown and I was like, oh, maybe I should go do it. Like, even if I just go down and walk it, you know, like, it'll be fun. Yeah. So I ended up going down and, like, so painful. It was so sore. I, yeah. th- I did walk, well, run and walk the last 30Ks. And you did that but, two weeks after. You yeah. Know, and I got second, so I was pretty stoked oh getting my some money. <laughs> That I was really crazy. surprised they even got like a medal. Yeah, it's awesome. So it was worth it. Yeah, yeah. and like I feel way better now. Whereas yeah. um, I think everyone thought that I was going to get injured for doing that, but I think my body's so conditioned to running that, mm. and I definitely wouldn't 
say this to anyone else to go and do two back-to-back marathons like that but my body is conditioned because of the years of running and I can withstand that distance and yeah. the mileage. And yeah, I suppose you put a lot of time too when you're going into your 16-week prep pre-marathon to you know, be hitting certain targets, be getting your body right. When you finish a race, when you finish the New York Marathon, is there uh, a similar downtime where you need to kind of um, slowly unravel your body from that big race, not just dead stop cold and take the mm-hmm. next two weeks off? Um, well, you're so sore after a marathon. Like, marathon legs are horrible. Like... And the day after the marathon, couldn't walk. You mean like achy pain? Achy pain, especially in New York because of the, and Japan, the concrete's so tough. So you you can't even run. Like I tried to go for a run, I think it was three days after um, New York and I couldn't, I was just hobbling. So it's not bad just coming to a stop and it's definitely important to have a break after a big build up like that. Mm. It's all like periodization in your training. You just have to have breaks. Even when I'm coaching people and they want to train for say a marathon and it's maybe five months away, I'm like, I'm not going to write you a five-month training journey. Like, we're going to have to have little check-in points, like I was saying, right. um, along the way so you can kind of go up, have a break, go up, have a break, and slowly get to where you want to be, you know? So after a marathon, it's always, I would recommend, like, two to three weeks of, like, you can, once you, you feel okay, you can go for a jog here and mm. there, but it's it's good for your mind as well to have a break from being on a very, like, structured plan. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And um, besides running, do you do any other training? Like, what's some other training that you like to do yeah, in I do, your spare time? Yeah, I do a lot of gym stuff. Um, yeah. At the moment, well, building into the marathon, my gym week was always um, rehab focus. Okay. So it was just kind of like managing injuries, which yeah. frustrates me because I want to get stronger. I don't want to just be managing injuries, but that's just the life of an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going forwards, um, I work with my physio very closely and um, we're going to be building a lot of strength and hoping that those injuries will you know, calm down a little bit after having not run so much and um, manage them, but also build build on my strength and power. Yeah. In the gym, I do a lot of, like, squatting. or like It's all running specific, so, like, single leg squatting, um, single leg, like, suitcases. I don't know if you guys know them, where you've got a kettlebell and you're dropping the kettlebell down, like a single oh, leg right. squat with yeah. this kettlebell. Oh, yeah. Um, lunges, deadlifts, single leg deadlifts. Right. Um, yeah. Well, no, cool. I mean, it's not like it's that exciting. But <laughs> it's all very specific it's all to specific. your sport. It yeah. has to be. Exactly. Yeah. What has mm. been some injuries you've had yourself? Well, the worst injury that I've had and is still ongoing, I've had it for about eight years, is ITB syndrome, like friction syndrome. So your ITB runs from your hip down to your knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your hip gets too tight because your glutes don't activate, um, it pulls on the band, which pulls on your knee. So a massive thing for runners is yeah. not having um, active glutes. Yeah, wow. Um, and so for that, you have to do a lot of glute activation work, which was like clamshells and yeah. um, with the band and clack crab walks and stuff. So that's what I get a lot of my my athletes to do as well, even if they don't have the issues. It's mm. important to do it because it just makes sure, makes sure that your glutes are firing so you won't get injured in the future. Yeah. So that was the worst injury for me and it's still yeah still going so I've actually was doing testing this morning um with a biomechanical analyst who's gonna strip back in my running form and tell me exactly what's going on yeah, yeah. which is after eight years it's gonna be really good Most yeah 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 pulling it all apart and yeah. putting it all back together yeah and that's I've got a um hamstring tendinopathy as well which is um again been around for a long time I have never had like stress fractures or any like massive muscle tears or anything like that so 
I'm really lucky in that regard. A lot of runners, especially females, have stress fractures. And what are usually, stress fractures? Um, it's like a, it's when you are loading so much, so like over, not oh. overtraining, but maybe running too much for your bones, and you have like um, weak bones, and then they start to like fracture. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's very common with young girls. A lot of young girls don't know that they yeah, should be eating enough food. They, right. know, they think that running, if you're going to be skinny, you're going to be faster. Oh, so they, yeah, have, they believe that a lot of young girls kind of um, restrict what they're eating because they think they need to be skinnier to be a good athlete. And if you go through your teenage years restricting your food intake mm. and overtraining, um, it can have a massive impact on your bones and not just when you're young, like later in life. So not, there's a lot of running girls who grew up like that and now have had so many stress fractures that they actually can't run. Um, and it's really sad to see. Yeah. So I, because I, I coach at a um, high school with young girls, I always tell them, you know, I'm like eating burgers and chips and pizza and whatever <laughs> around them because it's so important for these girls to grow up in a normal world, yes. like yeah. eating normal Especially food. Especially with social media, it doesn't help. It doesn't at all. Yeah, all it's really hard. Yeah. I feel so sorry for them, like the pressure that they're under. Yes. And I mean, these girls are really good athletes, but they're not world-class athletes and they don't need to be thinking about what they're eating at this age as mm. long as they're eating enough. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Stress fractures are very common amongst female athletes. Especially for girls, yeah, like even me, like I always find myself scrolling and I'm looking at all these pictures and I'm like, we need to stop like obviously comparing ourselves totally. to yeah, others. But um, yeah, like social media, does that play a huge part with other runners? And like, I guess... It's a dangerous game on social media watching yeah. your competition. Yeah, how does that... Because do you try and... I watch, do, or? I do. Like, there's a few girls that I'll watch, and a lot. Of, um, some of the girls post a lot of their training up, mm. and so you'll look at their splits and their times and how fast they are. And oh, that's really tricky. dangerous mm. because, again, you are a different person. What makes me a fast runner might not make her a fast runner, and we all benefit off different training. Yeah. So um, you do have to understand that, but it is quite difficult when you see like these girls posting up these ridiculous times. Um, it's just so different to back in the day, you know, when athletes used to train in the dark and no one knew what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. And now everyone knows kind of what each person's doing. That's and what I was going to say. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah wow. Is the, the athlete community amongst runners quite tight-knit, quite um, close? Like globally, which is quite weird. The globally it is. Wow. I think oh. just through social media and stuff now, yeah. everyone knows everyone and everyone knows yeah. each other's training and like what they're yeah. doing and where they yeah. are. Um, New Zealand, it's, um, it's not huge, the community here. I guess, like, if you're talking social runners, it is quite yeah, big, I guess. That, yeah. Especially yeah. in my career and working with them, I kind of know a lot of people. Yeah. But um, the, the, like, competitive side of running in New Zealand, especially with females, mm. it's quite weird. Like, wow. as, in Auckland, girls don't train with each other because they find it... Competitive? Competitive. And, like, they're like, oh, no, you're too fast, or you go too oh, far. sure. You know, yeah. like, um, they don't have the confidence. Whereas you go overseas, girls will be like, yeah, I want to come run with you, like... If they can't Very keep cool up, they can't it. keep up, but like they'll try, you know? Yeah. Whereas here they're just like, it's quite hey, that's weird. Quite interesting. Do you I think, think that's a working. running thing? Do you think it's like a Kiwi thing? I think it's a Kiwi thing. It is. I was about to say it's a Kiwi thing. Like thing. guys, all the guys train together and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but girls like to stick to themselves. 
and almost do their training in secret because they don't want to. Because like, they're like, when we show up on race day, yeah, they're like, oh well, that's it. And you and the, they think that if they're not fast enough, that's really embarrassing, you know, something yeah. like that. But it's oh, not. Really? It's like they don't realise that if you train with everyone else, you're actually going to get better. What What do you listen to? Um, I listen to heaps of the Oprah Winfrey Soul Sessions. Oh yes, yes, I like, have seen those. I've listened yeah. to heaps of them, and like I'm not religious, but I think listening to them, they are all quite spiritual, yeah. and they all have their own take on like who God is and what right. God means. Wow. And spirituality and religion and for me I like because I'm so open to it because I don't have like a specific religion mm. um, it's really interesting mm. yeah and it makes you and like as an athlete it's so good to believe that there's something higher than yourself yeah, yeah. so I, I find like those quite like intriguing I'm like maybe I should learn more about this like, that's cool that's very cool yeah. yeah especially like there's a lot of them about like people who have been through like real real big struggles like, like trauma. cancer yeah. and trauma yeah and how they came back from that and how mm. their like spirituality kind of saved them yeah and their journeys and I'm like, so interesting. Did yeah. you stumble across the Oprah Winfrey one, or, or was um, you, were you introduced was to it by page? a friend? Or I think maybe the first one I listened to was someone had posted about it. Sure, because she gets celebrity guests. Yeah, and well, they're like not that. even. Well, she does like a celebrity one, but yeah. the soul sessions are more just like gurus, like oh. they're just people who um, have written books about like self belief or like self help books yeah, cool. or yeah. religion. And, so she's like obviously read all these books and been like, this is amazing. Yeah, and I want to share with anyone else. Yeah. 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 So then, yeah, they're not really celebrities. I don't know how I found it. I think someone posted <laughs> it on Instagram and I was like, oh, I'll listen yeah, to I'll that. Yeah, I'll leave it a And now I've listened to like all of them. Well, not all of them. There's a lot. But... What are your PBs for your marathon and your, yeah. your 10Ks or your, yeah, your personal um, best? Just so I so know. So my 5K PB is 16.20. 1620. Oh, yeah. My 10k PB is 34. Oh, that's so fast. 34.17, but I think I've run faster in a relay, which is really annoying. Oh, yeah. um, 34 is fast. Um, my half marathon's PB is 114, and then marathon is 239. That is oh, man, outrageous. Okay, well, I'll just write that list when I get home. <laughs> you got eight years New to year's work resolution. Eight years, very thing. Anyone can do it. They yeah. just have to be committed. Some consistency and dedication, and anyone yeah. can do it. So very key. I definitely don't think I was like the most talented runner growing up. I just loved it. And yeah. once you love something, you're going to commit to it, and then you'll see the results eventually. Very true. Awesome. Yeah. Running's so simple, and mm. that's what I love about it. Like, um, if you're going to pick up a sport, I like running's the easiest thing to do because all you need is like a pair of shoes really yeah. you know so yeah, anyone wait. can do it and that's why I try I'm very big for like mental health running so I have like a mental health run club that we do um, weekly and I've got it going in about I think eight cities at the moment we're going to have wow. ten by the end of the year cool. um, and that's purely just getting people out to move so we're not there to smash PBs or break times or run certain distances it's getting people who might have suffered from depression or anxiety and showing them how moving and how exercise can really help with that mm. so it's amazing like the stories that I hear from people even elite runners who have had their own journey or have suffered from dep- depression in the past yeah. how running's really helped them so yeah. it's such, um, I think it's such an important thing, especially for New Zealand and the stats that we are yeah, at the moment, sure. to, before people get prescribed meds or pills, you know, like, why don't we introduce exercise and movement into their daily regime just to see what difference that can make. Okay. Yeah, so at the moment we have it going in Christchurch, in Taupo, Hawke's Bay, uh, Mount Maunganui, Auckland, we're getting one in Wellington soon in Cambridge, and then we've got 
Melbourne, Sydney, and ones in Boston and the states. Wow, yeah, that is very cool. So, so how cool. do we how do, for 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 listeners that you know might be interested in joining in on that? How do they? How do they we've find got a one, you? Uh, we've got one step is all it takes is our Instagram page, um, and then we've got a website just one step is all it takes dot com. So you can go in there and find out where we run, and then everybody's welcome. So awesome. even if we get like elite or fast competitive runners along I always pull them back and make sure that they're not like going ahead because it's really important to make it not intimidating to people and I think that's what I found with being part of all these other run clubs is people do find them intimidating when there's a lot of like competitive athletes showing up Mm. but I want it to be really friendly so and welcoming to everyone so we get people along and I'll just like walk with them which is really cool and just talk very cool yeah where do you see yourself in the next five years like what are your goals and visions it's well, so yeah. hard to know. I think it is important to set goals, but I think it's also important to be flexible and mm-hmm. your direction's going to change over time. If you asked me that five years ago, I would probably mm. say I want to be working at Nike headquarters in Portland right. and doing all these like crazy things, but it's so different now. And I think going through what I've been through in the last five years and working in the corporate environment and realizing the stress that it can have on your body and the impact it can have on your health it really changed my direction and what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. So saying what I want to do now in five years is quite hard, but yeah. I definitely see myself working um, with athletes, continuing to help people to get into running. I really want to, I have an online coaching business, so the idea is to build that business up. Um, I'm actually launching an app, which I haven't announced to anyone yet, oh. but you guys can be the first. Oh. <laughs> yes. um, an app in about, hopefully in the next month or so. Cool. Oh, cool. So hoping to just build kind of what I want to do. Like, I think I spent so many years working for other people and trying to yeah. do well and earn money for other yeah. people. And I'm like, you know what? I like, I think I'm, okay. I want to do what makes you. me yeah. happy. And so just building on that. And then as an athlete, definitely just keep running keep running I'd love to clock all the majors off and yes I mean the Olympics are in a couple of years but it's very hard to get there yeah. so we'll see thank you so much for coming no on worries thank you for having me um do you want to plug in any of your um social media so uh, people can yeah, follow you can you. follow me we're Instagram's Lydia Lydia ODO and if you want to follow one step it's one step is all it takes Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you grab a free trial at any of our flexes. Come along and see what we're all about. Also check out on our website to get free downloadables and also blog posts that are related to the current podcast. And that's it. Au revoir.